0: Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to preview the week 14 main slate for DFS. Jared, before we get to your week 14 picks on DraftKings, how did week 13 treat you?
1: Week 13 was rough for me. We were never really in the mix for tournaments. Dolphins-Commander's game let us down to Dolphins did their part. The commanders, I don't, I don't know if you saw, they ended up like negative 10% pass rate over expected last week. It was almost like they just kind of threw in the towel after they, you know, went down by multiple scores. They just kind of wanted to get out of there. So that was a letdown. My running back pool was horrible. I played a lot of Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson. They both came in like under 10% ownership which I kind of like, but they were both disappointing. For a lot of last week, it was Gardner Minshew plus Michael Pittman teams that were winning tournaments. It ended up being Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel teams that took down most of it. But man, the the Minshew-Pittman play was awesome. And I'm kind of mad I didn't think of it because it's just you're playing, you know, leverage off this super chalk and Zach Moss and it makes even more sense because it was against the Titans defense that we know is much, much tougher against the run than the pass. So I almost wish the uh, Minshew teams won tournaments last week because I really think that was a, a sharp playing one that I wish I had thought of before kickoff.
0: Yeah, I was a fan of Pittman in my DFS drafts. I had too much Bijan John Robinson, though, um, did OK because of a, a Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel lineup, but also got dragged down by Josh Downs in that one. Uh, I don't know if we'll hit on him this time. But I think the thing that I was kicking myself about following last week's Show was not being more in favor of fading Zach Moss because of that matchup. I mean, you know, on one hand you didn't want to say ignore him because of the run defense yeah. because he blew him up in the first meeting, but that was one game we should have. I, I think we should have said a little bit more like this is definitely not a, a cinch matchup for Zach Moss. He could very easily let you down or even just have an okay week and be nothing special. So I think he was more of a fade than he was a, you got to have some last week
1: yeah but even like if you if i told you right now that zach moss was going to play 94 percent of the snaps last week get 19 carries and three targets like i'm de- i'm definitely definitely still playing him in cash you know in tournaments you can always make a case for a fade and he did moss ended up like 70 percent owned in the tournaments i was in so like yeah you, you can make a case to fade him or that ownership But i mean he still got the usage we were expecting maybe even better usage than we were expecting and um We'll definitely be playing him again this week.
0: Format-wise, we're going to be doing this as one show again. We're going to hit DraftKings, then we're going to hit FanDuel. I'll let you know when we switch over. And if you're just a FanDuel player and don't care about the DraftKings picks, check the timestamps in the show notes below. You can skip right to whatever it is that you want to get out of this show, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're listening to it audio-wise afterward. Jared, DraftKings quarterback for the second straight week. We've got Russell Wilson leading the way. In our DK dollars per point projections We were not using him last week How about this week is he your cash guy he might be I know we were talking last night I've kind of settled On my cash lineup besides a
1: 2v2 and one of the spots I haven't settled on Yet is that quarterback and the two guys I'm considering are Russell Wilson at 5800 or Brock birdie at 6500 I mean Purdy, it's just like I, I've Played him in cash I think two of the past three Weeks now and he's just he just keeps delivering His price tag is up a little bit now to 6500 but he still comes in as a pretty Strong value for us you know 23 plus DraftKings points in four of Purdy's last five games. The exception was the first meeting against Seattle, just 11.5 DraftKings points in that game. That was On the road, you know, on a short week, divisional opponent, it can be a tough spot. I'll bet on San Francisco and Purdy producing a lot better in the rematch. Not that they even didn't produce in the first game. It just ended up being a Christian McCaffrey game. Um, So I think Purdy is still um, a strong cash play. And I think Russell Wilson is a strong cash play as well. As you said, he is our top value based on our projections and his $5,800 salary. Wilson has scored between 17.7 and 18.8 DraftKings points in four of his last five games now. So he hasn't really shown any sort of ceiling. But he's been a nice floor play. He's been efficient as a passer. And it's really the rushing that has been boosting him. Wilson is averaging eight carries and 28 rushing yards per game over his last five now. He is also fourth in designed carries per game over that span. So that, to me, makes the rushing a lot easier to count on going forward. Yeah,
0: I certainly think straight up as players, Brock Purdy, Russell Wilson, very similar. I think they have similar floors this week. And Russell Wilson's cheaper. So, I mean, if that amount doesn't matter in the salary savings, then, you know, certainly go Brock Purdy. I'm not worried about him facing the team that he didn't score a lot of points against in that previous meeting because he has overall just been very good this year. And Seattle's not a scary matchup. My one semi-concern would be that San Francisco doesn't need to throw the ball a whole lot with him. He attempts something like 24 passes and just, you know, doesn't score a lot. I'm not worried too much about the floor, but if I can get a similar floor from Russell Wilson in at least as good a matchup against the Chargers, then I'll take those savings. And we'll, we'll talk about, I think some of the other guys that it might affect for who is going into your lineup that I think can make that decision more than any difference between the quarterbacks themselves tournament side. What do you like at QB? Yeah, I got one
1: fun stack and one disgusting stack. The first one is Josh Allen in two games under Joe Brady. Now the, the new OC 23 and a half DraftKings points versus the Jets, which is one of the better quarterback performances against the Jets this season. And then 43.7 DraftKings points against the Eagles last time out. The Bills at this point are pretty much in a you know must-win situation from here on out. They can, you know, maybe afford to lose one more game. Otherwise, they're out of the playoffs. So, like, they're gonna be all out at this point. I would not be surprised if that means more Josh Allen running. Um, I, I just like the fact that they're kind of desperation mode at this point. The Chiefs' defense is one that I think we've been sort of shying away from playing guys against for most of the season but they have kind of lagged a little bit these last two weeks now uh, their last two outings, they gave up 17 points to the raiders which you know not a huge number but it's the raiders josh jacobs had a big game there and then last time out of course the chiefs on sunday night gave a a big game to jordan love and the packers uh, 267 yards and three touchdowns for love in that one so i definitely think you know this game could disappoint i could definitely see it You know, going under the total, but I still think you you get Allen and Mahomes together. There's a chance it shoots out, so I'm going to be playing some Allen in tournaments. My disgusting play is Desmond Ritter at five thousand dollars. There's a few reasons I like him as a tournament play for the price tag. He has three games of twenty-two plus DraftKings points this season. That includes a twenty-nine pointer um, early in the season. I I remember Ritter actually won the Millie Maker that week. Um, it It was a Ritter London stack, I believe. All three of Ritter's. 22 plus point games have come at home where he will be this weekend on the season. Ritter's averaging 18.8 DraftKings points per game at home versus just 9.2 on the road. And of course, you know, the Falcons do play in the dome. So I do think there's, there's something to that. Um, He gets the bucks this weekend, who are one of the biggest pass funnel defenses in the NFL. They're fourth in pass rate over expected against. So teams have been going past heavier against them, which is important because that's always the concern with, with Ritter, right? The Falcons are the run heaviest team in the NFL. Maybe they stick to the run this week. It's definitely possible. That's why Ritter is a tournament play only, but I think if they, do throw it a bit more he can have success against this pass defense and then the other reason I like Desmond Ritter is that Drake London I think is one of the best value plays at wide receiver this week at just $4,600 so you know Ritter for 5k plus London at 4,600 I think that's a stack that can get you 40 to 50 drafting points and it's super cheap and you can really load up your team around that
0: yeah I like it who's your stack with Josh Allen if you're playing him
1: we'll get to it in the wide receiver section but I like Gabe Davis I I would not poo-poo anyone for playing Steph Diggs with um Josh Allen I might even end making two Allen lineups, one with Diggs, one without him. But um, I like Gabe Davis. We'll talk about it more in, in the wide receiver section.
0: What about Allen and Diggs and Gabe Davis?
1: Yeah, you could definitely do it. The runback side is what makes the Bill stack tough, I think. If you play Steph Diggs, you definitely can't play Travis Kelsey. I think that's a reason to maybe consider playing just Allen with Gabe Davis, because in that case, you can afford Travis Kelsey. So yeah, def- definitely different ways to build out your Allen teams.
0: You're not excited about that Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Justin Watson lineup?
1: Watson's burned me already too much this year. The two times I played
0: him. So I don't know if I can go back there. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting that much consideration for it. That was more of a joke and a <laughs> suggestion. Running back Bijan John Robinson, who we mentioned, let us down last week, leaves the DK dollars per point at the position this week, $600 more in DK salary than Zach Moss, who let everybody down last week as well. He sits second in dollars per point. How are those two guys factoring into your cash plans on DraftKings this week? The
1: 2v2 two two I'm sort of considering for cash is Brock Purdy with Javante Williams, who's 5,800. Or if I play Russell Wilson instead of Purdy, I can get up to, to Bijan Robinson. So I think that's kind of the decision I'm making. So I'm, I might play Bijan. The two guys I'm definitely playing in cash at running back this week are Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to pay the $9,200 for him. He scored 33.9 DraftKings points against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago. Seattle. Seattle was twelfth in run defense DVOA over the first eight weeks of the season. They are down to twenty-sixth over the last five weeks of the season, giving up five point two yards per carry over that span. So it's it's a you know smash spot for for Christian McCaffrey you know. Pretty much is guaranteed for twenty plus points even on on a bad day. So I like him in cash. And then I am definitely going back to Zach Moss in cash. Price is up, but I think he's still a bit underpriced at fifty nine hundred dollars. Again, last week he played ninety four percent of the Colts' offensive snaps. Got all nineteen of the running back carries. Three of six running back targets. He was fifth. Moss was among running backs in expected PPR points last week. And now he gets you know again tough matchup against Tennessee last week. Much easier matchup against Cincinnati this week. The Bengals are 29th in run defense DVOA, allowing 4.5 yards per carry to running backs.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look like from the ownership projections in the lineup generator that he's going to be a lot less popular than last week, but they are at least lower than they were last week. So maybe a bit less, but I think it's, I think the important thing is to look at the price, realize that just because he let us down, doesn't mean that he's going to do the same. If he dominates that backfield this week, then uh, it could certainly go much differently for Zach Moss attorney side. Are you scared to not play Christian McCaffrey because of how good his matchup is, how sure his workload is, how good his offense is?
1: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to get him in every tournament lineup I make just cause his price tag. like it's, it's tough to get. McCaffrey and Josh Allen teams even yeah yeah you can't play Steph Diggs with Allen and McCaffrey that's for sure so on a Desmond Ritter team with Drake London I'll be playing Christian McCaffrey on that team so that's you know another reason to consider that cheaper stack but um on my non-Josh Allen teams maybe even on my Josh Allen teams I like James Cook as a tournament play this week for 6,000 on DraftKings in his last two games again with the new OC Joe Brady 19.2 and 16.0 DraftKings points in those two games for James Cook, 20 and 22 total opportunities in those two games. Those are two of his three highest marks of the season. Um, James Cook sixth among running backs in expected PPR points per game over those last two. So they run a crap ton of plays in that Eagles game, which definitely boosted Cook's volume, but still his share of the backfield work has increased a little bit um, over the, these last two weeks with Joe Brady. So and then th- the matchup too, Casey dead last in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks, allowing 5.4 yards per carry to running backs over that span. So I could see you know the Bills kind of unleashing Josh Allen in this must-win game, but it's also a spot where. The Chiefs' run D remains, you know, weaker than their past D, so we could see a bit more of a lean um, towards, you know, James Cook in their running game here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot more on the play volume for the Bills over the past two weeks than it, over their <laughs> past two games. They just had a bye. Uh, then on any shift in role for James Cook, the running backs got a larger share of targets over those two Joe Brady games. So we'll see if both if, like, the, the play total, because the offense is moving faster, and more targets for the running backs. We'll see if those yeah. are trends from the OC switch, or if that was just a two game blip, I certainly like the upside for James cook either way in this one. And he does make sense for pairing with the quarterback in a DFS lineup because, you know, he's more likely to score on the ground than by reception, but part of his allure is Mm -hmm. the passing game role. So um, I can certainly see pairing him with Josh Allen there. Wide receiver, you already mentioned Drake London being a good value this week. Apparently, according to our DK dollars per point, he is the best value at wide receiver. It's Drake London and Elijah Moore atop the rankings (laughs) in that category, nearly identical in DK salary both have team issues around them that might make you want to shy away from them in cash is either Drake London or Elijah Moore in your DK cash lineup.
1: Yeah. Elijah Moore is going to have weather issues. I, I think too, this, this is, looks like a pretty big weather week. So again, I don't do too much with weather until, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning, but it looks like that Browns jazz game is going to be quite a bit sloppy. Don't have to worry about that with the Falcons game, you know, they're at home indoors. I am going to be playing Drake London in cash at this price. Like I just think it's a really good price. London, Predictable dud against the Jets last week, you know, very few wide receivers do do much against the Jets. That was still only the fourth time this season that he's failed to reach double digit DraftKings points in a game. Drake London has seven plus targets in seven of 11 games overall In eight of his last 10 games. Um, overall, he has seven plus targets and London has these splits as well. These home road splits that um, we talked about with Desmond Ritter. London averaging 14.4 DraftKings points at home versus just 7.9 on the road. And again, good matchup against the Bucks. The Bucs are 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to, to wide receivers.
0: I think that you would look at the Falcons passing volatility and think, oh, Drake London's a tournament play. I think he's probably really a better cash play than a tournament play because he's actually been a very steady producer of five plus reception games. He's got one, two, three, four, five out of his last seven games with five plus receptions. You know, that's in a team that's switched quarterbacks multiple times this year. He's a pretty good bet for seven plus targets in a given week. You mentioned he fell below both those marks last week against the Jets totally predictable. The last time that he did so was in his return game against Atlanta. So just overall, Drake London has been a very steady guy. And on the other hand, it's not an offense that you can really trust for a whole lot of passing upside. So yeah, I think Drake London looks better than you would probably think as a mm-hmm. cash play wide receiver this week on DK. What about Turny side besides that gross Falcon stack you mentioned earlier? What else do you <laughs> like? Up? I want
1: to mention Odell Beckham Jr. quick. That's another game that could be Sloppy weather, and if it is, that'd probably be enough to get me off OBJ. But he is only $3,800, he's coming in low projected ownership. Beckham is off this week's injury report. He was dealing with that shoulder injury prior to the bye week that really limited his playing time. But over Baltimore's last two games, you know, one without Mark Andrews altogether, and the other one Andrews left pretty early. Beckham has a 25% target share in those two games, despite running a pass route on just 42% of dropbacks. So, like if we get that, you know, that right up into the, you know, 60, 70s, even 80%, if he's, you know, a full time player this week, you know, he, he could really see some nice volume. So I think back Beckham at the price tag, again, if the weather ends up being okay in Baltimore, definitely have to check on that. Um, but then again, uh, Gabe Davis, I mentioned here. I like Gabe Davis on Allen teams, even on teams where I don't play Josh Allen, I might be mixing in some Gabe Davis. 25 and a half DraftKings points last time out. That's his fourth game this season of 21 plus DraftKings points. So he's continued to, you know, have plenty of duds, but also show that potentially, you know, have, you know, 20 plus draftings points, which is what you're looking for in a tournament. The Chiefs, 7th in DVOA against number one wide receivers, 24th in DVOA against number two wide receivers. And that makes sense because Legereus Sneed has really been one of the best cover corners in the NFL this season. He's been spending a lot of time on opposing number ones. The Chiefs are actually one of only three teams allowing more yards per game to number two receivers, the number one receivers. And if you look at some of the biggest games against them, like, you know, Jacoby Myers had a big game against them. you know, the number two on the Raiders. Uh, Jordan Addison had a big game against them with, uh, when Justin Jefferson was playing, Josh Palmer had a big game against the chiefs. Devonta Smith had a big game against the chiefs. So it's, it's been the secondary guy. So I could definitely see this being a spot where, you know, Gabe Davis is a bigger part of Buffalo's passing attack than, than usual.
0: And we know that Gabe Davis is not capable of anything between a complete zero and like 30 points. So yes. it seems Perfect. like the ideal tournament play. And back to Odell Beckham, he last time out, he had five targets on 12 routes. Now, I wouldn't expect that kind of target per route rate to continue. But if he could do that in the first game after Mark Andrews went down, anything anywhere close to that would be... Yeah phenomenal if he got back to like full playing time. And like you mentioned, he's off the injury report. So I think he's really a very sneaky play this week, especially with Lamar Jackson missing some practice time because of an illness. You know, we're assuming here that the Mar Jackson's going to be fine to play. Um, we'll yep. watch that into the weekend. But, you know, that could just keep the whole thing kind of quiet and make people shy away from a play that seems high risk with maybe low reward potential. For sure. Tight end, we have Falcons, as we mentioned, atop the dollars per point projections at both running back and wide receiver. We got the other side of that game here. Bucks tight end, Cade Otten at $3,100 in DK salary, leads our dollars per point. Is he in your plans? We've talked about some expensive guys. Is Cade Otten maybe one of those kind of secrets to stacking up more expensive players.
1: Yeah, K Dotten's where I landed as my cash came to it. Now I don't think he'd be my run back, like on a Desmond Ritter team. I, I think Mike Evans is the guy you'd probably want to run back there. You could even consider Chris Godwin, who I do think is in a, a better spot. And I know the, the coaching staff has talked about getting him more involved, but I do like Kate Otten for cash. I'm not going to try to sell him too hard. It's really mostly a price play. And the fact that the guy, the guy's on the field, he Kate Otten had a goose egg last week, actually didn't see a single target still ran around on 94% of the bucks pass plays, which is an elite mark for a tight end. He's actually had an 83 or higher percent route rate in nine. Nine straight games now, and he does have four plus catches in five of his last seven games, even including that goose egg last week. So he has been a pretty you know steady bet for, you know, eight to 12 drafting points, which is fine for cash. And Atlanta is tougher against wide receivers than tight ends by our adjusted fantasy points allowed metric. Uh, we have them 23rd against tight ends.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not good at linebacker and their DBs are going to have to worry about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, Trey Palmer uh, this game. He's not a big producer, but a speed guy that could kill you with one play. So they'll have plenty to worry about um, outside of Kate And uh, Chris Godwin, I think, is is very interesting because of what Dave Canales has said this week about needing to get him more involved. And the last time we saw them play the Falcons, he had a season-high 12 targets in that game. So Godwin has not been a high-ceiling player this year, but this week might be one where they force a bit more his way, which the coordinator has been talking about tournament at tight end. What do you like? Yeah. At the same
1: price tag as Kate. I, I, I kind of want to be able to go back to Brevin Jordan this week. He's up to 3,100 now. Um, you know, Dalton Schultz was limited Wednesday and then did not practice on Thursday. So that was either like a planned day off for him coming off the hamstring or he suffered a setback and is not going to play on Sunday. Yeah, you know, Brevin Jordan did not have a big box score last week but he ran her out on 69 percent of the texans pass plays which is okay um saw 19 percent target share and of course we have no tank dell now for the texans so that there's you know more targets to be had for these other guys and then this matchup against the jets the jets number one in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers just 18th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. so it is a matchup where we see i mean we saw kyle pitts have one of his better games of the season last week against the jets because it just is a defense that's you know quite a bit tougher against wide receivers than tight ends
0: Is one of Kyle Pitts's better games really something that helps us in DFS, though? (laughs) No, but, you know. On defense, we've got the Browns atop the DK dollars per point. They're just 3K against the Jaguars, who might have Trevor Lawrence, might not have Trevor Lawrence. We'll see about that as we get into the weekend. Are you scared to play Cleveland because of recent disappointing performances? Maybe Miles Garrett being limited by his ankle. Or is there opportunity in the salary and the quarterback situation? And then, I mean, if you're, if you're, even if you're willing to play the Browns for cash, it looks like they're probably going to be highly owned based on our ownership projections. So, what what do you make of the Browns this week? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm going to play the Browns in cash. Um, you know, again, top value for us. They, they fit in this lineup I landed on for cash. Um, yeah, they, they've been disappointing, especially these last two weeks. I do think they're getting healthier. I mean, Miles Garrett was a full participant in Thursday's practice. I think last week he only practiced on Friday. And then Denzel Ward, their best corner, looks like he's sure. going to be back this week as well. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, probably CJ Butter, quarterback for Jacksonville. If not, it's going to be a gimpy Trevor Lawrence. The Jags actually have the lowest implied total on the main slate at 14 and a half points, lower than even the Jets. Um, And I think that's partly because the matchup against the Browns who are still getting some respect from from Vegas. And this is another weather game as well, as we mentioned. So, you know, that, that can only help the Browns defense. So they seem like a pretty safe cash bet for me. I I do think they're a pretty easy fade if they're going to be, you know, 18% owned in tournaments.
0: And partly because of Zach Wilson's return, which really unlocks that 15 (laughs) point upside for the Jets. For sure. Any other defenses you like here? Yeah. So on the tournament side, um,
1: two defenses in that price range that are going to be much lower owned um, the Vikings who are a hundred dollars more than the Browns. Uh, they are fifth best value at defense, but just 3% projected ownership. You know, they get Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. The Vikings are one of the blitz heaviest uh, defenses in the NFL, which I think creates, you know, sack and takeaway upside for them. And then just below the Browns, the jets. I mean, I hate to play a defense against CJ Stroud, but again, the jets are at home, you know, whether it might not be ideal, no tank Dell for the Texans. And this year, you know, we've talked about all these awesome offenses that the jets have played this year. The jets defense scored 20 DraftKings points in week one against the bills. They put up 11 DraftKings points against the Eagles. They put up 13 DraftKings points against the dolphins a few weeks ago. So they have had, you know, strong outings against these good offenses. So I think in tournaments at 2% projected ownership uh, that the jets are worth taking a shot on.
0: Yeah. I mean, good defense at low ownership is just, there's a case to be made there. You could even have Houston scoring plenty of offensive points and the jets returning one for a touchdown and you've got a, a usable day, a good day for your fantasy defense that not a lot of other lineups have. Jared's got more picks and analysis available for you in his weekly cash game and tournament articles for DraftKings on draft sharks.com so check all that out uh, get ready for your own play this week and you know if you like what you hear on here subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast feed you will get notifications you'll get the show as soon as we post new stuff we're going to switch over now to the fan duel side jared and we'll start at quarterback of course Here, it's Justin Fields leading the FanDuel dollars per point projections. Third best fantasy total of his season in that week 11 meeting with Detroit, who he has a rematch against this week are you using Justin Fields in cash or you talked about weather i i've heard people talking about the potential weather for this yep. Bears Lions game is that a concern
1: it is and fields isn't like locked into my cash lineup at this point he is where i'm leaning and i mean I, obviously weather matters a lot less for justin fields as a quarterback than it does you know for most quarterbacks cuz we really want him for his rushing production and th- and that's why i'm playing him justin fields Last three games against the lions, 13 carries for 147 yards and two touchdowns, 10 carries for 132 yards. And then earlier this season, again, a couple of weeks ago, like you said, 18 carries for 104 yards. So something about this matchup, the lions have not figured out how to stop Justin Fields rushing. The bears know that and they're giving him a ton of carries. So I'm kind of banking on that. I'm banking on another, you know, 70 plus rushing yard game from Justin Fields, even if the weather's bad and his passing production isn't great. I think, I think that'll be enough to deliver cash value.
0: And for what it's worth, I checked this morning and it looks like the weather might not be that bad. That'll be something we watch. Like you said, we check Saturday night, we check Sunday morning because, you know, it's it's tough to tell earlier in the week what the weather is actually going to be. So no projections on that right now. We'll be watching that and adjusting the rankings and shark bites on draftsharks.com for anything that. Might matter heading into that game, but certainly there's upside to Justin Fields. He's basically Derrick Henry against the Texans in this <laughs> Bears yeah. Detroit matchup. Turny yeah. side, we like it. QB, yeah, I think DFS tournaments are the place
1: to play Josh Dobbs this week, and he's $7,300 on FanDuel here. He has five outings of 23 plus FanDuel points this season, which would be plenty at this price tag for tournaments. Two of those have come with the Vikings, neither of those have come with Justin Jefferson. who. Josh Dobbs gets back this week, which I know here here will be a pretty big deal. Justin Jefferson's pretty good. Um, you still get the rushing production with Josh Dobbs. You get this game is in Vegas, so indoors, so no weather concerns for Josh Dobbs. And then Minnesota's you know implied point total twenty one point seven five, not huge, but it's eighth highest on the main slate. It's it's going to be a low scoring week. You know if the Vegas lines are correct, so I do think that puts you know more of these lower and cheaper quarterbacks in play for tournaments this week.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help that angle that the Eagles and Cowboys are on Sunday night. So they're off the DFS main slate. We've got the Dolphins on Monday night. And, you know, real quick, what the hell is this thing with the two Monday night games simultaneously? Like, not only is it annoying as a fan because you can't watch both of them at the same time in most cases, but how, how how does it make sense to compete against yourself? Take these teams out of Sunday, out of the fantasy pools and put them against each other so that you're splitting fans up. It, it Sometimes the NFL boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, I don't think they've ever done this before outside of well, – they, they've never done um, games that kicked off at the same time on Monday night too, right? And I, I I I didn't even know it was happening, so I looked at the schedule like on Monday and, and then saw it. So.
0: I mean, the staggered Monday night games are weird enough, but two kicking right. off at the same time is seems like nonsense know, to me. But.
1: I know the, uh, the Manning cast on Monday night is going to be showing both games on the same screen, so that's, I guess, what I'll be watching. I'm not usually a Manning cast guy, but I guess – I guess I'll have to be on Monday.
0: I am. It's, it can be distracting from the ranking stuff I'm doing that night, but it's far more entertaining, I think, than the regular broadcast of the game. So that'll be my secret to being in on both games. Running back, we mentioned on the DraftKings side, B. John Robinson and Zach Moss lead the dollars per point projections. Same duo leads the dollars per point on FanDuel in the DraftSharks lineup generator. Are you treating those guys any differently on FanDuel than you are on DK? You mentioned Christian McCaffrey being one of your cash running backs there. Is that yeah. the case on FanDuel as well? McCaffrey He's 10-5
1: on Fanduzel. He he is pretty challenging to get in and off. If you you know do play Zach Moss and, and another cheap wide receiver, it's definitely doable. So you know McCaffrey's definitely in my pool. You know, we'll see if I end up landing on him. But I'm definitely playing Zach Moss in cash, despite the fact that he let us all down last week. The, the usage was elite. 94% of the snaps for, for Zach Moss got all 19 of the Colts running back carries, three of the six running back targets. And the matchup is just much better this week. You know, Tennessee, a top five run defense in the NFL. Cincinnati, who Moss gets this week, is a bottom five run defense in the NFL. They're 29th in run defense DVOA, allowing 4.5 yards per carry to running backs. Um, so I, I think Moss is a pretty easy
0: play in cash again this week. And I know the projected ownerships remain high for Zach Moss, but he's not going to be as high this week as last because there will be players yeah. who are like, I played Zach Moss last week and he screwed me. I'm not playing him this week. Turnie side. Would you like your running back on FanDuel? So I wanted to mention
1: Alvin Kamara, who, you know, he's tough to get to He's $9,000 on FanDuel, which you know, it might even be overpriced and it's going to keep his ownership down though. He So a couple of reasons to like Kamara this week. First, he gets this matchup against Carolina, which we've been attacking all season with the running backs. The Panthers are still dead last and run defense defense. TVOA. They're 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Two running backs. The Taysom Hill injury is huge for Kamara. And if Hill ends up playing, I would not play Kamara even in tournaments. But Taysom Hill has not yet practiced this week. He has two injuries. A hand injury and something on his lower body. So he's all sorts of beat up if he does not play Taysom Hill has handled seven of the Saints's 16 carries inside the five yard line this season he has three touchdowns on those carries so I just think Kamara's touchdown potential gets a pretty big boost if
0: Taysom Hill does not end up playing this week I think something on his lower body was the injury for Christian Kirk um, last Sunday or <laughs> last Monday night as well wide receiver we've got expensive guys up top as usual in FanDuel dollars per point Jared do you have a single favorite among that group or are you leaning away from them because you need? to fit Christian McCaffrey in,
1: Yeah, that's kind of the question. If you play McCaffrey, it's tough to get to any of these guys. For me, if I'm going to play one of these upper end guys, it is Keenan Allen, who I just think is probably on the main slate, the best target, but on the main slate, right? Because we we don't have Tyreek Hill on the main slate. Keenan Allen has nine plus targets in eight straight games and 11 of 12 overall this season. He's averaging 11 targets per game in nine without Mike Williams. Allen also moves around enough where he's not going to see Patrick Sertan for all of this game. He'll get some of that matchup. But you know, he's in the slot for 30% of his snaps this season. So he'll have plenty of favorable matchups. And you know, Justin Herbert's going to look his way. So I like Keenan Allen as the the pay up wide receiver. On, on the cheap end, I like Rashi Rice at 6300 dollars on FanDuel here. His route rate is still like stuck in the, the mid to upper sixties. The Chiefs for some reason will not make him a full-time player. But despite that, he Rice has seen 10 and nine targets in his last two games. You know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously leaning on him. He's kind of the one wide receiver he trusts at this point. Over so sixty three hundred dollars in a pretty nice game environment against the Bills. I think I think Rice is fine using cash despite the playing time not being ideal.
0: Agreed. What about turny side of wideout? I want to get some Chris Olave in
1: tournaments. $7,600 on FanDuel. So it's a bit of an uncomfortable price tag. You know, he's pretty close to like Jamar Chase and even getting up there with like Amon Ross, St. Brown and and Keenan Allen, but just 7% projected ownership for Chris Olave. And this is assuming we get Jameis Winston at quarterback, which I'm still expecting. You know, Derek Carr has not been ruled out yet. So we'll see how that shakes out. Jameis Winston has targeted Chris Olave on 18 of his 47 passes so far this season. It's a 38% target share. So I I do think um, Winston would be good news for Chris Olave. Olave too, by the way, he has 94, 114 and 119 yards in his last three games. So he's been kind of been delivering anyways, you know, he hasn't scored in the last two. So the fantasy games haven't been massive, but he's, he's been racking up yards. I do think, you know, he has a 20, 25 point game in his range of outcomes.
0: And of course the way that he plays a touchdown can come at any time. It's a little bit tough to project and that'll significantly change things when he does get one tight end, Travis Kelsey leads the fan duel dollars per point by a wide margin. Jared, are yep. we building around him in cash or do you have to spend elsewhere again because of the Christian McCaffrey thing?
1: Yeah, I won't be getting to Kelsey and cash. There's just still too big a gap between him and some of these other guys. You know, if you want to play really McCaffrey or one of, the, one of those expensive wide receivers, you can't really get the Travis Kelsey. So I think I'm going to play Dalton Kincaid in cash. I, maybe it's a trap with Dawson Knox coming back, but... I feel like at fifty eight hundred dollars, Kincaid is almost priced as if Dawson Knox is back. And we'll we'll see, we'll see how, how it shakes out with these guys. You know, Kincaid seven point four targets over the last five games without Dawson Knox, just four and a half targets per game over the first six uh games for Kincaid with Dawson Knox. Now Kincaid's been so good, and you know he's his first round rookie. I, I would think the Bills keep his role at least bigger than it was before Knox's injury, if not as big as it's been the past five weeks. But even if it goes back to what it was, I think 5,800 bucks you know, in, in a potential shootout against the Chiefs is is, is okay for, for cash games.
0: Yeah. Just to add some context to that, he's only $300 more than David Njoku, 200 more than Cole Komet, but he's $800 right. less than George Kittle, $1,400 less than Sam Porta. So much closer to that like bottom of tight end one territory group than the top three, four players. So I, I I agree that he's priced as though there are issues surrounding him. And you know, they were talking about it in the summer, how they were going to have room for Kincaid and Dawson Knox in the offense. They were looking at him more like a slot receiver than a tight end. So I wouldn't be overly worried about the return. We'll watch and see what that impact is. Tourney side, I think Travis Kelsey's worth bringing up again here primarily because he sits just fourth in projected ownership. So that might make him a little bit more interesting. Like usually it's, yeah, I'll get some Travis Kelsey among my bunch of tournament lineups. But I wonder Mm -hmm. if that relatively low projected ownership for him makes him more interesting than usual.
1: Yes, Kelsey is my favorite tournament play on FanDuel. And again, it's lineup dependent. Like you could say he's your favorite play. Sometimes you just, you can't get him in a lineup depending on what you need to do elsewhere stack wise. But um, I definitely want to get some exposure to Kelsey. The Bills have not figured out how to stop Travis Kelsey. He has multiple touchdowns or 96 plus yards in four of their last five meetings. Even in the other game, he has 57 yards and a touchdown. So he has delivered in each of the last five games against the Bills. And um, I think there's a strong chance he does. So again, and it kind of separates from the field
0: at tight end, which is definitely what you need if you're playing Kelsey. I think we've seen at this point, the only way to stop Travis Kelsey is to introduce Taylor Swift to the game and then take her away because then he can't (laughs) finish when she's gone. That's right. Defense, just like on DraftKings, it's the Browns leading the way in dollars per point, And just seven defenses cost less in FanDuel salary than Cleveland this week, Jared. Yeah. What are you doing for cash and tourney at D? The- yeah,
1: I'm playing the Browns in cash. I, I think they're pretty clearly the best value at home in a game that probably going to have less than ideal weather against either CJ Beathard or Trevor Lawrence at way less than 100%. Uh, the Jacks had the lowest implied total on the main slate at just 14 and a half points. So I think the Browns for cash in tournaments, I, I kind of want to get up to the Ravens who look, look like they're kind of being, Overlooked a bit at forty-five hundred dollars. Uh, I mean, Baltimore leads main slate defenses in Fanduel points per game at ten and a half points per game. They get the Rams, who are coming off two strong offensive outings, but you know those came at Arizona and home for Cleveland. Now they got to go on the road outdoors. You know, travel across the country to face this really strong Ravens defense. The Rams have the fourth lowest implied total on the main slate at just sixteen. Point two five points so you know the odds makers obviously aren't really buying what we've seen from this offense the last two weeks and I I agree with them
0: strong and rested ravens defense too so it's even uh, another potential issue coming off of the bye uh, should be a yep. tough spot for the rams and you know that number you mentioned the ravens leading all defenses at 10 and a half points per game you know that's one of those reasons why we generally don't want to pay up for the defense certainly if it works with your lineup build then you can go up to somebody like the ravens and take a shot that they get that good game but you know, usually the boom, I guess, booms, not fair. Usually the expected points from even the top defenses aren't as good as what we're expecting from the top players at other positions. For sure. Yep. Get more fan duel recommendations and analysis from our pal, Kevin English at DraftSharks.com. He's got articles this and every week covering cash games and tournament plays on FanDuel. And of course, the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com is waiting to help you build lineups for cash and tourney formats, whether you're playing FanDuel, whether you're playing DraftKings, or even on Yahoo, if that's where you like to play. Our goal with all of it is to help you win week 14.